And welcome back to the greatest rocks on tracks. It's KU. Oh, it's a good day. Singing the song, and it's a good day. From moving along, yes, it's a good day. How could anything go wrong? Turn my headphones up. Y'all ready? Let's do it. This is old you radio. I mean, look, dude, you think this was an accident? All of this right here? Premeditated, partner. I'm Johnny McKeon. You got nothing on me, right? Nothing. And with me is Mr. Doom and Gloom. Hey, dummy. I'm Sasha Bloom. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. The start of the show. Yes, indeed, it is a good day. It's beautiful outside. It's like 68 degrees. It's wonderful. I guess fall is finally here, huh, Sasha? It sure seemed that way when I woke up. You could... Feel the brisk in the air. Sorry for the, uh, the the late start time. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we're here, we're loud, and we're in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, I've had an interesting week. Yes, I uh, So my lady was in town, and we, me and a friend of mine, Jake, we uh, went to the Nightmare on 13th. Have you heard about this? I saw a little uh, tweet picture you sent, and that's about all I know so far. It was terrifying. It's a haunted <laughs> house. And... <laughs> like usually I don't get scared of those things cuz they're full of like high school kids and stuff but yeah. this one scared me man there was some there was some scary elements to it like they just it's like this giant maze and there's all these different rooms with all these like different scary things like they had one room where it was this long corridor yeah. and they had a green light at the end of the corridor and you're supposed to walk towards this green light right but there's all this mist and like smoke machines yeah. and then there's people hiding in the mist they're going to jump out and scare you. So did they have like a bowl with uh, peeled grapes? <laughs> it's spaghetti for <laughs> yeah. brains. Nah, nah, they didn't do anything like that. But uh, they had a, they they had this room where it like it. There's a centrifuge and it like spins and you're supposed to like walk through it and like you get all dizzy and there was a uh, uh, just all kinds of crazy stuff, man. It was uh, I was really impressed. Like they really went all out. What did uh, what have you done last week? In the past week. I've been editing. Editing? Tell yeah, me about for it. for the documentary that, you know, you were part of at one mm-hmm. point, and we're on heavy deadlines. I guess they have some big old fancy suit, uh, black tie, bow tie, bring your hundreds of thousands of dollar dinner, mm. and uh, we don't even get to be there. Oh, lame. <laughs> I guess I'm too ugly. <laughs> nah, you're just too poor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I think I just, they, they see me as a... As a they say it's all part of that Illuminati stuff that I can't stand about. Uh, Illuminati stuff? Oh, yeah. It's all uh, pyramid systems where you, you know, they, they stack you, stack you, stack you. And even though I'm a brilliant man, I'm a very successful person, and I've put hundreds of hours of my life into producing their content, they still see you as, oh, you hold a camera. You're not worthy of watching your film. Did they say this stuff? Oh, sure. They, they said it to your face, just yeah, like they, that. Yeah, I said, hey, are we allowed to go? And they said, no. And I said, we can't even cater the event? It's <laughs> like, they're, what they're paying for is what I worked on, and I don't even get to watch my opening release of my f- project? No. Because you're not deemed as high class enough. You is know? that what they said? That's what it is, yeah. It, it's all, it's the presidents, and it's the artists, and it's, 
people that are alumnus that have money yeah but i mean are you really surprised because like when we were down there they didn't let us hang out with them anyways remember i thought i was working and participating as a student in an inclusive environment in a top 25 uh free campus so yeah i, I would in my dumb brain i naturally would assume that i'd be a part of it what am i going to do smoke a blunt and drink a 40 while they're <sighs> sipping on champagne no no so what, what's the fear then mm -hmm. why not allow the six kids that work there took us off to be part of it took us i love that word yeah it's a good it's a, it's it's a, a good, good yiddish word. word it's a good is that <laughs> considered a swear word in yiddish but is it, it just means but okay backside so like if if you say took us then you don't Tuchus. get in trouble like would your mom smack you if you said that like no okay no not at all okay uh you know if i would uh call her uh, something else yeah, <laughs> yeah. something you can't say on radio <laughs> even in a foreign language <laughs> is that a foreign language Do, uh, what, it's a dead language is it, is it, it a dead it's, language it's a mix of hebrew german russian uh certain scholars will say northern Polak. so it, it was just a language because when these uh when the dysphorias and the concentration camps and uh, all these were going on, you were bringing a mixture of Jews from several different countries with many different native languages. And at that time, modern Israel wasn't here. So the Torah was often read either in Russian or in Greek or in Hebrew, but the level of Jews being able to read Hebrew was slim. So they combined the languages so that they could talk amongst themselves without the German or Russian soldiers understanding what they were saying. And so that's where Yiddish comes from. And my grandpa spoke fluent Yiddish. And you'll get handfuls of rabbis and people over 65 that speak it fluently. But And know, it's still considered a dead language? Oh, it's dead. Is yeah. it? Uh, you, you, you're not going to find a Yiddish class to go take. I mean, maybe you will at Brandeis University mm -hmm. or Hebrew University. But for intensive purposes, it's, uh, it's not a modern language. Hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of been... You know, that the, the pyramid schemes I've been dealing with the last two weeks, whether it's with the Pac-12 network or ESPN, it's just baffling. Like, I was supposed to work two games last week for the Pac-12. Actually, I, I should have been paid for four games so far. And I call, you know, the, the night before my first game, and I said, hey, what's going on? Who are you? Oh, I'm Sasha Elijah Bloom. I'm supposed to be working for you tomorrow. What, when's my call time? Uh, I never heard of you. Oh. Did you show up? No. Why not? Bec if you're if you knew you're supposed to be working, no, because they had already booked my position. And I don't work for free anymore. Like, well, no, I wasn't saying yeah. work for free, but you just show up and like do a face to face, and then they know who you are. But at what time? I don't know. You, yeah. Right? Because I asked for the call time, and he didn't give me a call. I don't time. know. Probably like four hours before the game. Well, it's it's actually about twelve hours before the Is game. It? But I'm not gonna. I, I did that last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they they told me they guaranteed me that. I was such a good worker and an invaluable source to them that I'd be working. And <laughs> it's just, I'm so, see, before I came to the U, I was financially successful because I worked off of my own shoulders or I was in a job where I was the boss and I made decisions. Since coming back, that's not the case. You have I'm, to compromise? I have to do what I'm told and it's inefficient the way people tell me to do things and it irks me in such a manner because I'm a very good leader I have a good vision I'm punctual I'm on time I'm willing to outwork anybody and 
I don't know if I've seen that commitment by professors or students or people in media. Um, there's a couple of people I can think of hands down that work. Yeah, but me, that's kind of how it goes. Like uh, the uh, the most qualified individual doesn't always get the most help. You know what I mean? Like. No, that's why I, it's, that's that's, why that's I did what five details in the last eight days. Mm-hmm. And I got to listen to the radio. I got to make great bank. I got to restock my fridge and pay my bills. And detailing's not looking. It just kind of bothers me. It's like, wait, I went back to school. And all last week, it's like, why am I detailing? Mm-hmm. And so in a nutshell, that's kind of where I'm at. But I'm happy I'm there. I mean, it's. It's nice that I don't have to go to unemployment because I am a skilled craftsman and a master at a trade at something. And I like having that ability of being able to just walk away from situations that even though they'd be great for my career, if you're going to be mediocre, then you're making mediocre talent and my name's on that and I don't want to participate. And, you know, in discussions we've had going back and forth, you know, to break down that fourth wall, you're very aware of my feelings about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not directing at you, but... Oh, I, I know how you feel. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm well aware of how you yeah, feel. You just got 10 minutes at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just a bummer because I don't understand why people aren't committed to working hard and having a schedule and following up on what their bosses want. Yeah, you know, I think you're letting other people upset you too much because at the end of the day, if they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say expect less from people, but kind of, because, you know, I try not to expect much from people, that way they don't disappoint me. If they can help me, cool. If they can't, fine, you know? It's just not worth riling yourself up so much, you know? Well, that's kind of my problem in life, is I take things a lot more because most people in America don't take humans, health, life finance love seriously they think it's a joke and that when you tell someone that you love them oh that can be retracted or it oh Mm -hmm. i said it when i was drunk or Mm -hmm. i married you but you know seven years later i don't want to be married to you Mm -hmm. i don't work that way i'm old school and i'm not saying you to stop taking these things seriously no but that's the issue it's it's if you bring that paradigm forward where what are you living in what what is the gift that you're giving to future generations when at some point you're six feet under the earth if you're lucky to die a good death i've always believed you got to lead by example you know like you have to set the path for other people Who to follow lead? birds and bugs that are actually proficient on planet earth whoever human beings on this campus they don't stink they just the the work ethic is not there and for me to be part of that is insults my I think I think a source the biggest source of your frustration is that you're a lot more mature than most students on this campus most students what's the average age on this campus 21 22 sure but I was a 4.0 student at 21 yeah I know that's what I'm saying but you're not they're not you you know like you're much more mature than they are you've had a much more difficult life You've had, you know, uh, a much stronger worth ethic at a younger age. And, like, a lot of these other people just aren't up to snuff, man. I hear you. You know? And, you know, I don't wish anyone to lose their father at a young age. Mm -hmm. I don't wish anyone to have a child in a relationship where you're not married or in Mm -hmm. love. But those aren't excuses for me. Those, they're not even hurdles for me. No, no. They're just part of my day-to-day It's life experience. That's what I'm saying. 
you have you have a certain amount of life experience that most people don't have on this campus. Most people don't know what they're doing on this campus. That's kind of why you go to college is to figure yourself out. You know, I, isn't that a big part of being in a part of a university is self discovery? Yes, but when you can't make it to class, when you prefer to sleep in till noon or eleven o'clock instead of waking up with the birds chirping and getting work done. That's stuff that you can't discover. That's stuff you do or you don't. And it And a lot of people choose to don't. Yeah. Yeah. But the people that want to do, because it's not just me on this campus, to a large extent, you know, when you were here full time, you were on time. You showed up. It was rain, snow, sunshine, hatred. Yeah. Whatever it was, you were here. You you work hard. And I know that there's staff and there's faculty and there's students and various buildings that do that. But when you get these heathens, these people that should be at UVU or uh, kindergarten, that it affects the pe- the grown-ups but and the people. They're always going to be there, though. That's the thing I'm saying. Like, no matter what society you have, no matter what utopian society you have, human beings are human beings. You're going to have a mix of good, and you're going to have a mix of bad, and you're going to have a mix of people just in between. So There's no ideal way to do anything. There's only the real way. As a disgruntled grown-up... Where do I go? <laughs> like, because you can't just hang out. You your power house through. You power. You through. do what you have to do, and you do what you can with what you have. Now, like my my life situation, sure, I would love to have a more ideal situation. I don't, so I make the best with what I have in order to move on. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've seen a lot of success that way. Like, I just I don't make excuses about what I have or what I don't have or what I could have. I just go out there and get it. And so how do you achieve that angle without being perceived as arrogant? Because I've heard that about you before, where people say, you know, it's like when you're real confident, you say, yeah, my life's fantastic. Yeah. People say, why is he so arrogant? I don't, that's fine. They could say whatever they want. They're not doing the work I'm doing. They could say whatever they want to say, but they're not doing what I'm doing, period. Yeah. And, you know, you can call me arrogant, you can call me conceited, you can call me whatever. I don't care because I work too hard to worry about what other people think because mm-hmm. I don't do anything for anyone else I do it for me and I do it for my family and I do it for my Sarah period <laughs> your Sarah my Sarah <laughs> your Sarah she's my Sarah she's your Sarah I like it yeah <laughs> like yeah I don't I don't have time to worry about stuff like that I don't have time to worry if someone wants to slack off or fine I'll just move on I'll power through I'll do the best I can with what I got and when I say the best I can I mean the best I can you know, I juggle a lot of things. Like, I, it's exhausting, but I power through because that's, that's it. There's no other alternative. If the help is there, the help is there. If it's not, it's not. I can't let that stop me. I was up in Park City last week. Uh, someone called, I met him at a party. He owns a production company up in Park City. They make a lot of winter snowboard and extreme sports. Then they're sponsored by Coca-Cola and Monster Drink, and they seem real committed. And they're all, they're in the process of trying to find money for me. And but that's what I want to work with. I, regardless mm-hmm. of the product, I just want to work with people that are completely passionate, are interested in developing a page. It's like what we talk about on our show is how do we make a great show when our lives are different, our ages are different. Everything we enjoy is completely different. And most importantly, our schedules are so different. Mm-hmm. That's tough. And it's how do, you, how do you fight through all those? We do our best. And try to entertain. We do our best. You know, solid content. And so That's gonna, how I sleep at night. 
I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna put my handkerchief away, and uh, I'll put my big boy shoes on, and I'm gonna try to battle through this. And mm-hmm. But I'm on a thin, thin string, and, and it's not with you. It's yeah, I just, know. It's just with the environment I am on at the University of Utah because uh, it's like watching our football team on Saturday. It's like I don't have cable, okay? Mm-hmm. And so the only place I could find live updates for the game was on Twitter. Can you go to ESPN? <laughs> no. It was on ESPN. Uh, or Gamecast. N- no. There was no live. If, so if you typed in Utah Utes football on CBS – on Fox, on the Tribune, on mm-hmm. Deseret, well, on Pac-12 Network, and Fox Sports One owned that game, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, and they probably own this game coming up, right? Uh, actually, I think it goes. Well, it's at BYU. It's an ESPN. Oh, it's game. at BYU. Yeah, it's okay. a ESPN game. Oh, it's not a home game. Yeah, I was actually on it, and then I got bumped out of it oh, by some. Sorry. No, it, it. You know, that's the pecking order thing. Is well, they filled me in, and then a guy that's a much better talent than me was like, Oh, oh that's right, because you're not. What's not not entry level. What's the term? You're fresh meat. I don't know what. I'm young. You're new. Yeah. You're the new guy, so you but get the a, bomb schedule. But with a better work ethic. Yeah. And more yeah. a better eye than most of their yeah. employees. And it's, uh, it's I, I'm, I'm just having a blast. Yeah. Living the dream of trying to make it in a. Well, you know, I, I learned at a young age, you have to work hard in order to have the opportunity to work hard. You know what I mean? Like. To get what you want, you have to bust your butt continually. It never gets easier. Like, I've never seen anything in my life get easier. It's just I just get better at dealing with it, you know? Uh And that's why you and I, we have a work ethic forged of steel, you know? Because we've been through it, man. Yeah, I just... There's no rational... Like, all I want to be doing right now is playing Grand Theft Auto Mm V. Oh, man, (laughs) that looks fun. It got a, it's been getting like 10 out of 10 reviews all over okay. the place. So my buddy, my, my hetero life mate on this planet, uh, Dakota, f- he, uh, he's a gamer. And yeah. he bought it. And so can I read you a text from yeah, him? Yeah. Because like, I asked him for an update on it. Yeah. Goes, I played 10.5 hours in the first 24 hours. It's a lot harder than previous, which I like. I like to think my only gripe is you can't change the rec aim shape the reticle of, the reticle yeah. aim shape of color or for visually impaired it can be hard to pick up the tiny white dot when aiming wait till you get it you know and it, yeah because Grand Theft Auto 4 had a circle with a dot in it yeah yeah and so now it's like the red dead Red. yeah red dead has but just the a game's little blip like, it's a weird because if you think of a 3d window like you know when you have to you used to draw the box and then you build the lines out and then you could put like a chair in the background right the game's kind of played in that back third of your 3D box. And hmm. so you're always kind of driving into the box instead of the box coming, you know, instead of just being in the front of the box like it's always been, you're way back in it. So, and it's a li- it makes it a little darker there. And it's, I don't know, I was playing it a little bit last night. And it Did you rent it or buy it? I was I was at a buddy's house. He oh, bought okay. It. And, uh... You know. Can you even rent a video game? I know it's not at Redbox. I don't know where else you could even rent a video game. I don't know if you, uh, what's that? Online Gamefly. Game yeah. yeah, but you're not gonna get it because <laughs> everyone's <laughs> checking that out. Yeah. No, I'm sure they have restrictions on the first seventy. I'm sure. Or something. I'm sure, like it's a huge waiting list, like Netflix. But it was very weird because we started from the beginning, and 
the racism is stunning because mm. you you got you start with two characters. You go from a white guy to a black guy, and the white guy is this angry gangster mobster, and the black guy is their first opening dialogue is and this and that mm-hmm. and word this and that and that, and then they're all doing crime stuff, and yeah. the white guy's got like seven grand in the bank, and the black guy's got no money, and you interchange back, and it's. Re- I wouldn't know if I would call it racist, but it's... Well, they said that they were trying to keep the vernacular of yeah. the hood or... Well, yeah, and I mean, like, there... Because here, here's, like, the, the issue. It's, like, between... I don't want to call it art, but between, like, creating entertainment and creating realism in order for to get a guy who's willing to grab an AK and rob a bank and shoot a bunch <laughs> of people I think you have to go to the hood <laughs> to pull someone like I don't think I don't think he's going to be getting out of Harvard classes you know he's not going to get out of UCLA and then go blow up a bank you know what I mean like you kind of have to you know in order for it to be realistic choose something like that you know yes, so, so I don't know if I would call that racist <laughs> well it was just startling it's commentary more in, than in anything the, in this politically correct world knowing that and I actually, when we get to the news, I have some interesting segments because awesome. remember last week we were talking about how it's a $226 million game. Mm-hmm. Well, it's only a $115 million game hmm. and it's $150 million in advertising. Yeah, that's about right. So they seem to do that with everything. Double the budget. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you want to pop to a break real quick? Or yeah, we could do that. Going? We could go to a break. Um, before I forget, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Johnny McKeon. That's M-C-K-E-O-N. Sasha at Mr. Underscore Bloom. That's B-L-U-M-E. You can f- like our Facebook page at Old Ute Radio with Johnny McKeon and Sasha Bloom. So when we come back here shortly in the next seven minutes or so, mm-hmm. I loved it. You went to the Comedy Carnival yep. yesterday. I'm... Very interested to hear about yep, that. Yep, so. I got some cool stuff. We can talk about it. Sweet.
and welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon. With me in studio, my friend and yours, Sasha Bloom. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, Sasha? Oh, I just, I come here, it's like we talk about, I come here every Wednesday so angry. And yeah. as the hours go through, I get a little happier. And I think my favorite part is your introductions. Like, I can't tell if you're serious or if I'm supposed to laugh. I just enjoy it. I'm always serious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a very serious person. Yes, I'm so are. serious that <laughs> I can't stress things that 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 shouldn't be serious. Like, you know, life is too short to be miserable. You know, yeah. you got to find the joy in it, and you got to suck it for all it's got. You got to suck the joy out of life, <laughs> and I mean it. You know, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a event last night where there was a lot of joy and funny yeah. and fun. Yeah, it was amazing. Last night I was at the uh, first show for the Comedy Carnival, the Salt Lake City Comedy Carnival. It was amazing. How was the crowd? The crowd was, it was packed, man. Really? I had to stand, yeah. I had to stand in the back. I was talking to DJ Felicia about that after you left, and I was like, I wonder if they realized that Grand Theft Auto 2 came out on their opening night. Because it seems like that crowd of ga hardcore gamers and comedy fans are kind of the same yeah. demographic but, yeah but yeah. you filled it it filled out oh yeah we filled it out it was nice it was cool i got to interview a lot of cool comics um or we're gonna cut together like i've already talked to it and uh, we're gonna like cut together like all the little interviews because i got little five ten minute you know interviews from all these different comics we're gonna cut together and release it as a separate podcast it'll be really cool we got um i got to interview the intergalactic alien warrior Tell me. He is a stand-up comedian, alien. He's from another planet, and he's <laughs> probably 6'4", <f> <laughs> covered in, like, red, and uh, he's got horns coming out of his face. More importantly, what planet is he from, sir? Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was, like, Axelar or something. <laughs> oh, but it's cool. I saw him on Last Comic Standing back in the day. Back in, like, I think 2000, I want to say 2007, 2008. Yeah. Yeah, he was a, he was a cool guy. I, I got a quick little interview with him. <laughs> it was kind of weird though, like talking to an alien. Like I didn't really know what to ask him, you know. Was he? Is he a tall guy? Is he very tall? Very tall. He was taller than me. He was like six four. I took a photo. It'll be on the blog. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so who opened? Who closed? Uh, who was the host? Um, uh, Cody Eden was the host, if I remember correctly. I wasn't quite sure who opened because I was running around getting interviews. Uh -huh. But they just did a. Uh, what's the term for it? For lack of a better word, because yep. I don't know the term, but they did like a marathon. Of like comedians, so like they had a huge lineup. Five minutes, seven minutes, twelve minutes. About oh. seven minutes, I'd say. That's a good time. Mm -hmm. Would anyone bomb? Uh, anyone that stole the show? Well, the problem is, is with like a marathon show, mm -hmm. it's really hard for the crowd to keep their energy up. You know, because if you watch like, if you're sitting there for like three hours, you can get kind of worn out. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to sit anywhere for three hours. You know what I, mean? I guess for some people, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. have that. I'm lucky I don't have that problem. <laughs> you could sit still for long, long periods. I of can. Time. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't say some people bombed. Maybe some people didn't get the laughs they expected to get. But, you know, they didn't bomb. Like, uh -huh. they weren't just sitting up there to crickets. You know, uh, crowd work's always tough to do in that venue. So, do they interchange, like, from one. Uh, comedian or comedian to the next do they have a music break or is it just constant host. talking it's yeah talking they just have the host run up 
you know that was that and here comes this you know and uh-huh. then they bring him up and then and Cody did a good job hosting like he did a great yeah. job I wasn't that that, condes- that, that, blah, 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 that that wasn't Cody Eden that was just an example <laughs> <laughs> so who closed who, who I guess uh, some of the later guys was probably the alien warrior and uh, Jay Whitaker he was a he was up for a while was he in good spirits after his defeat last week uh, to Marissa Malo- Merlot? You know what? That's something we'll ask Jay. He's going to come on in a couple weeks. Nice. He's going to come in the studio. We, we negotiated it out. His schedule is starting to clear up. Uh-huh. We're going to be able to work something out. You should ask him that. I will. Because I'd love – I don't want to – I don't dare speculate for another person, you know? I hear you. And um, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> I, I really try my hardest not to make assumptions or, like, you know – kind of talk out of turn yeah i I don't i don't see how it could be a bad thing for his career though well you know it's it's like yeah you know he didn't win but still he was nominated that's like a really big deal yeah you know like that's that 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 competition's no joke you know and that's the weird thing about being judged in a competition or a tournament i used to play a lot of tournaments when i was growing up Mm -hmm. and it's a matter of 20 minutes can determine everything you know yeah uh, so who's what's going on tonight with oh uh, there's multiple events tonight yeah. there is let's see there's a, a 6 p.m. show uh, Steve McNally will be there and then uh, there is at the complex or is it somewhere yes this else? is at the complex so did they close out the bar crawl then is the bar crawl didn't work out because Bummer. all of the uh, the uh, bars wanted to be the last bar and none <laughs> sure. of them wanted to be the first or uh. the second and they they just couldn't really they couldn't come to terms so we just held it at the the comedy uh, at the complex but you know they have a well-stocked well-fitted bar there anyways yeah so you know people got to drink people got to have a good time and honestly it was nice not having to run around because i mean i had to load up the booth the ku <laughs> equipment i'm not trying to run around to 10 different <laughs> bars going through dui checkpoints smuggling my ku stash <laughs> yeah, we were wondering if you're gonna have like him strapped to your back and yeah. to your stomach and just kind of thought about it billboard guy <laughs> honestly i kind of wished for a rickshaw like something like that something with wheels that i could just pull maybe a wheelbarrow of some sort yeah oh, that's funny so, so yeah, there's yeah. three shows tonight. There's the 6 p.m. show, that's Steve McNally, uh, Alan Strickland Williams, Arthur Carter, Jeff Grant, all funny guys. I got to interview most of so them. So they break that into 20 minute yeah, periods or something. Probably like that. yeah. And then um, uh, the 8 p.m. show, Christian Spicer, Tim Messenger, Curtis Cook, John Hilder, John Hilder, who I finally got to meet. John and I, we've been corresponding through e- email and Facebook for about a year now. And uh, he was a recent, he was a Salt Lake City comic who moved to Las Vegas. And he's doing very well for himself. That's not n- the Napoleon kid's brother, is it? No. No, that's Hyder? Is that the Hyder brothers? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But um, I know who you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm interviewing him tonight. I'll ask him that. Um, but yes, so J- John Hilder, he's very funny. I guess he's working at like Planet Hollywood and a couple other venues doing stand-up. He does like stand up once a in night. Vegas? Yeah, and he gets paid for it. That's a good gig. He's got a they great got a gig. Big room at, at, yeah, yeah. There's lots of rooms, but uh, he's he's a paid comic, and that to me is amazing. Is he going to be opening up for Britney Spears in her 50 show concert series in Vegas? Mm, I don't know, because like in Vegas, there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> how did cleaner, she, how bigger. How did she get to headline Vegas for 50 shows? Because it's Britney Spears. 
again, <laughs> I asked you the same question, yeah. my friend. <laughs> I think I don't know. Like I think the world, like the world's so much bigger than we know, than we can even comprehend, and people's tastes are so much broader and wider than we could ever understand. <laughs> country music is one of like the biggest selling. Like these country music stars are like hundreds of millions of dollars. You know? Oh yeah. Like, and I've never, I couldn't tell you two country stars. You know, I couldn't. Uh, 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 I'm trying. Uh, uh, Taylor Swift and uh, of course, bring it back to Taylor Swift. Why wouldn't I bring it back to Taylor Swift? Uh, yeah, this one. I can't think of any other ones. <laughs> yeah, this is a great song. Whatever. It is not a good song. Don't be jealous because I can dance. Oh, I'm disgusted. You should be. My moves just make you sick to your stomach. My wicked sweet dance moves. It's all on the shoulders. You gotta nod with it, bob with it, feel it, feel it. I know y'all dancing at home. I still think New School is better than Taylor Swift. I'm a big fan of New Listen School. Listen to this. This is my jam. I'm loving it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Oh. Uh oh, here it comes. We're in trouble. We're not doing the goat version. Oh, DJ Flasia's angry. <laughs> Still dancing and naughty. Love it. Love it. Love it. I am trouble. I am trouble when I walk in. This song's about me. Y'all don't even know. Shame on me now. Two faces you never been. I'm lying on the cold hard ground. All right, cut it, cut it. I, I'm in the middle of talking about the comedy carnival. <laughs> well, I'm in the middle of listening to country music. Well, I gotta explain the third show. All right. So, the, the third and a final show for the night, which is one I sincerely hope you guys do not miss. The lineup is it's a 10 p.m. show. The lineup's Doug O. Perkins, Jay Whitaker, David Niker, and Matt Knudsen, who I was able to interview yesterday, and we're gonna play his interview later tonight. Matt Knudsen's a comic that was on Conan. He's a way cool guy. Very funny. Very just a naturally, like, I, he's one of, the, like, my favorite people to talk to. Like, talking to him, it was just a good time. Like, the dude, he has a zeal and a zest for life. And it was just fun. What do you mean? Like, he was just happy to be there. Happy <laughs> to be talking to me. Happy to be doing it. Like, you'll hear it in the interview. You'll hear it. What time are we doing that at? That'll be in the 4 o'clock hour. Awesome. Yeah. That's a good get for you, sir. Yeah, it was a great get. It was a great, great get. So apparently, uh, Taylor Swift is not country. What? That's what the Twitter is telling me. Or, the uh, Twitter? The text is telling me. <laughs> Pretty sure Taylor Swift's a country star. I think it's just bad music. I think that's a category. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so any, what, what are they doing for the weekend, Carnival? Uh, let me see. <laughs> I'm pulling it up. The weekend... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, they've got so much going on. Well, while on. you're doing that, I'm going to go back to listening to this country music. I keep getting bumped off the internet. <laughs> probably because Taylor Swift is singing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah, I keep getting bumped off the internet. Uh, uh, if you check our blog, you'll be able to see what the other events are. So, uh, BYU... University of Utah play mm -hmm. at, at down in Provo. Do you have any predictions? <sighs> That's tough. 
that's really tough. They've been bumping up security. They've been putting paddings and like saran wrap all over the statues and such on campus. What? What? <laughs> Why? Why is there padding on statues? <laughs> Who was running into statues? <laughs> They're worried about tagging. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was a very demonstrative. Demonstra well, see, that's just ridiculous because the U doesn't do anything like that. That's so you know that's just a reflection of their conservative culture right there. Like of course they they, they got to put condoms on statues. This is ridiculous. Like really really we're not hoodlums. We're not thuggish ruggish people here. Speak for yourself, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I'm not. What, we're not hoodlums. Extra, they brought extra security. <laughs> They're completely worried about that. The you know, that's just the Utah County way. You yeah. know, I mean, no fun zone. Overkill. <laughs> like, what are they worried about? Yeah, like we're gonna go tag. Like these hoodlums. They're gonna come ruin <laughs> BYU. I don't want this to happen. We have to be careful. They're from Salt Lake City. Ugh, I hate BYU. <laughs> <laughs> that that just fired me up for the rivalry. Before I didn't care, really. Before I didn't, but now now I care. Now I hate them. You've successfully convinced me. That was the last straw. Forget BYU. Oh, they were awful. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's going to be a good game, and home court advantage is a big deal, especially in this rivalry. You know. Uh huh. So I mean that's gonna give them. I think that'll edge them at least over under maybe a touchdown. You know they'll either stop one or keep one. Like I don't know. BYU. I mean they got Taysom Hill. He's been impressing, but so is you know Travis. Is it Wilson? Yeah. Yeah. He's been killing it too. So quarterbacks. That's pretty good. I mean I think. Did you watch the game last week with uh, Oregon State? I watched clips of it. I didn't get to watch all of mm -hmm. it. I I was doing the news. Did you stay on air until the game ended, or did you guys pack up? Early? We we. Uh, Stayed on air? What do you mean? Like, did do we did, stay there or did we stay? Did on? you go live after the game? No, we went live during the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't close till like midnight. Yeah, I guess some people stayed behind to watch the game. I didn't. I had to. Yeah. What day was that? Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I had a date with my lady. That's when I went to the haunted forest. At midnight? No, oh, no, no. You guys went like at yeah. eleven. Huh. Yeah, it's open to like one. I think. A lot of people there. Tons. Tons. A lot of high school kids. A lot of high school kids in prom clothes, which I thought was kind of weird. Did you wear a dress? Did I wear a dress? Yeah. Why would I wear a dress? I was coming home from work. If I had known maybe ahead of time, yeah, maybe I could have thrown something together. But, you know, I didn't have really the time. And plus, you know, like, it's hard to find heels in my size. When you have a 13 and a half foot, it's hard to find shoes, period. One time I got the offer. One time I got an offer to play a tranny in a play. Yeah. And I had to turn it down because I couldn't find clothes that fit. That was your only hiccup, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Dude, all, that's what acting is. You become someone else. Like, you can't be an actor and think, you know, oh, how does this make me look or how does this make me feel? I wanted the challenge of it. I thought it would be cool. Plus, you know, maybe I could learn some cool skincare regimens, <laughs> learn a little bit about cosmetology. Maybe I would look good and blush. I don't know. I never got the chance to find out, Sasha, because of my giant feet. <laughs> Sorry, my giant feet kept feet. me from learning about makeup. Your feet, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What do you want from me? I tried to be a tranny. It didn't work out. Speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried. What time is that? <laughs> that was at 3.18. Yeah. You can cut that. I Go will, ahead. sir. Go ahead. <laughs> Take you. it out of context. See if no, I care. sir. I'll keep it in good context. <laughs> <laughs> you can do whatever you want. You can loop it. Make a song. Put it against Taylor Swift's GOAT video. I don't care. Go for it. We're going to auto-tune it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, speaking of good makeup, have you ever heard of the musician Carmen? No. Okay, well, she's a musician. If you, you can Google her, apparently she's kind of blowing up. But she wears blue lipstick, 
She's coming to Redfest on Friday, and so is Andy Grammer and Bryce Vine. There's two free tickets up here at Old Ute Radio, so if you have an interest in getting two tickets, you can come up here and bang on our window or Twitter me at Mr. Underscore Bloom or at Johnny McKeon or even at KUTE Radio. Yeah. 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 What, what do you want me to say? I don't know yeah, anything so about this lady. Yeah, get them tickets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are you, are you going to do uh, Red Fest stuff? I work. I could probably do something in the morning. I'll probably... Sp- And welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I almost said Gold. Yeah, I know. Uh, welcome back to Old Ute Radio. And that's because you're texting with Andy Gold, right? Yeah, exactly. He was in my go. brain. <laughs> We're going to have Andy Gold calling in a little bit later, you guys. He's going to be talking about his shows coming up this weekend. It's exciting stuff. I mean, it's a jam-packed week, man. Like, so much is going on. I love Salt Lake City for that exact reason. Like, there's never a dull moment here, you know? Yes, yes sir. There really is. There's always entertaining stuff going on. Speaking of entertaining, the news bump it dump bump bump it bump bump News. What do we got? All right. From uh, Fox 13 News, Salt Lake City. Athletes, students, and campus police prepare for football's holy war. 
written by Mark Green and Todd Tanner. Mm, tell me more. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Provo, Utah. Saturday's football game between Breedham Young University and the University of Utah is the biggest rivalry in the state, and preparations for events have already begun. Anticipation as high as BYU as the so-called Holy War approaches. Why are they being redundant in the opening twice? That, that whole sentence mm-hmm. there? Remove it. Mm-hmm. We practice harder and we practice really well, and I think our preparation is going to be better than theirs, he said. And that is Andrew Crawford speaking. But as BYU's football team is preparing, so are the members of campus police. Carrie Jenkins of BYU Public Affairs said they have moved to protect signs and statues on campus. It is wrapped and protected in case someone has any ideas of doing damage to the statues. <laughs> can I can I interject? Yeah. What an insult! <laughs> yeah. To the University of Utah students, the faculty members, to everything we represent. There's a reason you're not in the Pac-12 BYU. <laughs> this is part of it. So don't be coming at us with that kind of attitude. All right, because we bleed red. Yes. All right. We tag red too. Punk. Exactly. <laughs> Putting condoms on statues. This is ridiculous. Jenkins said that. In the past, they have seen red paint and other problems appear on statues and signs near Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It can be very damaging and costly, costly she said. I love Lavelle Edwards Stadium, <laughs> the blackest name for the whitest <laughs> <laughs> campus. <laughs> Lavelle Edwards. Oh, man. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, sure. And here's her big quote. Sometimes there has been some damage done to the campus, usually, honestly, not by students at the U, but by those who just don't understand what the rivalry really means, she said. Hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's still an insult to the U. Uh, that's fine. You know, <laughs> say what you want. I, I think we're going to – here's here's my issue with the game. Mm-hmm. I'm worried they've had a week to prepare against us, mm-hmm. and that's that's huge in the football world. A week is – that's you well, know. They've had a whole season. Yeah. But they have a whole week as well to, like, fine-tune. They had some good games. They had a great game and a bad game. So they're able to really find out those tweaks, you know? And that's what worries me. Like, I don't want to say outright that the Utes are going to win this one. I can't honestly say that because the way they played against Texas was impressive. Yeah. 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 And, yes, I know Texas was dismal, but still, they smashed Texas. Just smashed them, <laughs> embarrassed them. The coach got fired. Like that's pretty Defensive baller. Coordinator. Yeah, but still, one of the coaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got fired. Like that's a big deal. Like you can't. I can't just you know scream utes at that. Like that's something you really got to consider. So I don't know. I definitely don't think it'll be a one-sided game. I think it'll be close, like they usually are. I don't know, fifty to tens, like last year no, or whatever the score was. No. All right, uh, Moscow AP. Oh wait, wait, wait. But okay. what about what you think? You didn't tell us. What, what do think? I think? Yeah. What do you think? Utes BYU. Uh, I think they both stink. I think they're both poorly coached. I think the players don't work very hard. And uh, I could care less. Awesome. <laughs> so, Moscow, tell yeah. me about that. Sorry, sir. <laughs> uh, Moscow AP, Russian shot and quarrel over Kant's philosophy. An argument in southern Russia over philosopher Immanuel Kant, the author of Critique of Pure Reason, developed into pure mayhem when one debater shot the other. A police spokeswoman in Rostov-on-Don, Victoria Safarov, said two men in their 20s were discussing Kant as they stood in line to buy beer at a small store on Sunday. The discussion deteriorated into a fistfight, and one participant pulled out a small non-lethal pistol and fired repeatedly. What is a non-lethal pistol? <laughs> I don't know. A potato gun? <laughs> like, what does that even mean, a non-lethal pistol? A dart gun? Yeah. <laughs> a water gun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, the victim was hospitalized with injuries that were not life-threatening. Neither person was identified. It's not clear which of Kant's ideas may have triggered the violence. <laughs> I just uh, thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, do you want to go pot or do you want to go gay? <laughs> you <laughs> uh, let's go gay. <laughs> All right. Another AP story written by David Crary, I guess. Despite pressure, ban on gay blood donors endures New York. The U.S. gay rights movement has achieved many victories in recent years on marriage, military service, and other fronts. Yet one vestige of an earlier, more wary era remains firmly in place. The 30-year-old nationwide ban on blood donations by gay and bisexual men. Dating from the first years of AIDS epidemic, the ban is a source of frustration to many gay activists and also to many leading players in the nation's health and blood supply community who have joined in calling for change. Thoughts? Uh, the whole issue is ridiculous. I mean, they should be allowed to donate blood, but I don't know if that speaks more to the inequality divide or just the ineptitude of the actual blood donors like are they if they're allowed to screen their patients they shouldn't be worried about you know you, uh, you can shoot heroin you can shoot methamphetamine and still be able to yeah. give blood i think i think it's prejudice and i think they're using uh they're using a previous legitimate measure back before you know when aids first came out and there was the whole transfusion issue like, I understood the apprehension slightly. I didn't understand the prejudice. But now in this day and age where mm -hmm. we've taken the measures to ensure that, you know, AIDS blood doesn't end up in a blood donor's, this is just prejudice. Okay. That's what I think. Oh, sure. What do you think? Uh, I'd like to see where this goes. Last month, more than 80 members of Congress wrote to the Department of Health and Human Services criticizing the lifetime ban as an outdated measure that perpetuates inaccurate stereotypes about gay men. Some of college campuses' students have urged boycotts of blood drives until the ban is mm -hmm. repealed. Over the summer, activists organized a national gay blood drive asking gay men to visit blood centers, take tests, yeah. and show their blood was safe, See? and then try to donate in defiance of the ban. Yeah. We have to get the Utah AIDS Foundation in here. Mm -hmm. It's just something I, I'm going to start get working on it. Just, yeah. just, just get them. Bring them in. Tell me what day you want to bring yeah. them in. You know? and, uh, so it basically goes on there. It's a very long article. You know, I've always kind of had concerns about bisexual men in society because they they do that. There are numbers that suggest that they do bring a lot of STDs into women's lives. AIDS has gone down significantly. A lot of sexually transmitted diseases are still very high. You know, whether it's chlamydia. Uh, uh, I don't, why are we so that? uninformed about the bisexual man? Like, it's so. Like, I don't know. Like, it's. You never, I don't know, is there enough research on it? Like, I want to know more about, like, bisexual men. I want to know, you know, how they feel, what they want, like, what their lifestyle is. Like, I'm going to do research about this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna learn more. Maybe, maybe I can get a guest in an interview and he can explain. Yeah, we got a great partnership over down the hall with yeah. the LGBT I would love Center. to talk to a bisexual person. <laughs> yeah. Any, any bisexual person that would love to come on the show, please come on. I am, uh, it'll be a place free of judgment. I'm just curious about the lifestyle and kind of how it all works. So according to the FDA, men who have, see here's another, you say men who have sex with men. That's the proper AP term. 
According to the FDA, men who have had sex with other men represent about 2% of the U.S. population, yet account for at least 61% of all new HIV infections in the U.S. in 2010. The FDA implemented the ban in 1983 when health officials were first recognizing the risk of contracting AIDS via blood transfusion. Under the policy, blood donations are barred from any man who has had sex with another man at any time since 1977. It, that's just one of the weird things. is Because mm-hmm. AIDS isn't prevalent anymore in this country. Is it's, it? Is it it's not? It's not very big anymore. It's not as big as it used to be. Yeah. I mean, it's been cleaned up a bit. I don't know. Do you have any news? I've got tons of news. Oh. All I have is news. I've got news for inches You're just a for news days. Guy, huh? yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like actually really enjoy reading the news. Oh good. It's uh lately I haven't had as much time to as I normally do, which kinda made me sad and I realized something was missing out of my life. Aww. And that was news. I'm sorry, sir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you don't have to be sorry anymore because I got to read the news. Great. According Johnny. to abcnews.go.com. China's second richest man knifed by job seeker by Gloria Rivera. In a bizarre incident, one of the richest men in the world was attacked by a knife-wielding man seeking a job with his company. China's Zong King Huao, chairman of the beverage giant Hongzhou Wahaha Group Incorporated and China's second richest individual, suffered a minor injury to his hand after a knife attack last Friday outside of his home in Hongzhou. Uh, according to local media reports. According to Xinhao News Agency, a 49-year-old man with the last name Yang approached Zong near his residence <laughs> to inquire about the possibility of employment. I'm not laughing. <laughs> yes, you are. No, no. <laughs> Police said that Zong declined to give the man a job and he was attacked. Zong is well known in the business community for his frugal manner and distaste for ostentatious displays of wealth. His, por- his personal fortune is estimated to be 1868 Billion, according to the Huron Rich li- list released last week, he uh, he started out. He uh, he has a rags to riches story that's very famous in China. He started his company in eight, 1987 by selling popsicles and soft drinks to school children. It then grew into one of the top 500 private enterprises in China, with Zong overseeing every step of expansion down to the purchase of items as specific as a new new broom. Yang was taken into custody Friday. Zong, it was reported, is already back at work. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Can you imagine like someone walking up and stabbing Bill Gates because they wanted to work? Being stabbed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can ima- stab you right I now. I could imagine <laughs> you stabbing me. <laughs> yeah, sure. I wouldn't stab you. I'd make it look like an accident. Oh, sure. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I um so I have a second article, and I know we already talked about the BYU game, but I just want to specify that this is a different aspect of it. Yep. And I feel this is something really yeah, interesting no to talk about. Over statues. Yeah, yeah. This isn't about the condom statue <laughs> thing, which I, I hope that like just spreads. <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> the game, someone puts condoms on the statues. I would love that. Starts throwing magnums all over the field. <laughs> yeah. So according to the Salt Lake Tribune, BYU football senior linebacker Spencer Hadley suspended over honor code by Jay Drew. Bravo, the first major blow of rivalry, rivalry week has been suffered by the BYU Cougars. Four days before they take on Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, the Cougars announced today that star senior linebacker Spencer Hadley had been suspended indefinitely due to a violation of team rules. Hadley will not play in the 8.15 p.m. game Saturday, which will be televised nationally by ESPN. 
BYU spokeswoman Carrie Jenkins confirmed to the Tribune on Tuesday that Hadley had run afoul of the school's district's honor code, which forbids the use of alcohol, drugs, and premarital sex, among other things. She would not give specific details of his offense. He will serve a five-game suspension, meaning the soonest he could return would be the Boise State game October 25th. Yeah, full season ban. Yeah, like, <laughs> wow, five really games in the middle. Like, yeah, that's pretty much, he's pretty much done. Hadley's backup linebacker, his name, he's a sign, senior. He's a senior named Tyler Beck. He's what, six did he foot kiss two. his girlfriend? Is that why he got suspended? Well, no, because <laughs> if he had, if, well, it's obviously not sex, because if it was sex, he'd just be completely gone, like yeah. that basketball player last year yeah. that we covered in January. Do you yeah, remember that? Black kid. Yeah, yeah. I forget his name. I said basketball player. Um, he's an <laughs> NBA player now. I know he got signed by somebody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brandon Davies? Yes, yeah. Davies. <laughs> I just made myself laugh. Um, because <laughs> yeah, well, like, you said, uh, uh, you said he was a black guy. I'm like, I said basketball player. <laughs> it only takes one, sir. I laughed. I laughed at myself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I think this will impact the game hugely. I think this could be, uh, you know, I, I give the edge to Utah. Not having your star linebacker on a running quarterback and a really solid halfback. I mean, yeah. You know, that's going to hurt. I hope they tie after, like, three overtimes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they just come out and shake hands. I that's it. Uh, <laughs> I like when it snowed in those games. I wish the game were later in the year. Yeah. I don't like it being so high up because it used to be the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. You, you prefer snow? Yeah. That just sounds awful for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they call me doom and gloom. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you said it, not me. <laughs> I wanted negative 20. Yeah, six feet of snow on the field and lightning storms, if possible. Lightning storms <laughs> and a snowstorm. Yeah, uh, that's that's crazy awesome. So what else you got in the news? I got sir? this one. So this is a this is oh, kind of one second. Uh, something trending on Twitter right now uh, in Salt Lake City is the complex. The Salt Lake City Weekly gives a glimpse at what you will see at the SLC Comedy Carnival. So go get your weekly thing and tune into that. Go ahead. Okay. Um. Yeah, for the final article. According to FasterLouder.com. Fast what? FasterLouder.com. Uh-huh. Josh Home has 99 problems and Jay-Z is one by Sarah Smith. Queen of the, Queens of the Stone Age frontman Josh Home has labeled rap mogul Jay-Z a kook <laughs> during a candid interview with CBC Radio 2's Strombo Show. Only a few, works, few weeks after playing Jay-Z's Made in America Festival, Home has revealed that his band felt out of place on the commercially skewed lineup and called out Hova's heavy-handed security. That guy's a kook, you know? He has a security frisking the bands on the way in. I told them, if you open up my bag, I'm not playing, so I guess it's up to you whether we are playing or not. The idea they've the idea that they frisked all my guys means that you're in a different place. No one has, no one has ever done that to me. Later on in the interview, Holm also admitted that he felt the rap star was being disingenuous when he offered them a bottle of bubbly. He also gave us some champagne and wanted us to take a photo with it, Holm recalled. And I thought, that's not a gift, that's a marketing tool. So I destroyed it because I thought it was rude overall. You shouldn't frisk my guys, you should blank off. <laughs> I was caught myself. Yes, sir. Jay Z launched a Budweiser, Budweiser, Budweiser made an ad, made America Festival in 2012 as a way to bring together music and culture. This year's lineup included Beyonce, Public Enemy, Nine Inch Nails, Pearl Jam, and Skrillex. Who's the DJ in Public Enemy? I know you have. You got Chuck D. You got the frontman, Flavor Flav. Who's the doctor? Oh. Is it rough? 
What's his name? I'm spacing. Because I was on YouTube this weekend going through one of those weird moments in YouTube where you get completely sidetracked. You end up in, like, the dark He's space. He's a total Illuminati conspiracist. Like, he said that the government's... Professor out. Griff, Terminator yeah, X. Gr- yeah, yeah, Professor yeah. Griff. Everyone should Google him. He is fascinating. He talks about the conspiracies in the ghettos, how his house has been he burned He helped write Fight the Power. Yeah. You know? But, no, I've never heard, like, I've never, I always knew Chuck D and Flavor Flav, mm-hmm. but Griff is something special. Yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> Professor Griff was actually dismissed from the group for um, uh, anti-Semitic remarks. I could see that. Back in, like, 1992, 90, I 91. That. I don't know, I was young. Oh, it's fascinating television, yeah. so... All right, well, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to have Andy Gold on the line. Okay. Awesome. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Go, 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 go. And welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm Johnny McKeon, and uh, on the phone we have Mr. Andy Gold himself. Andy, how you doing, man? Pretty good, dude. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great, man. It's good to hear from you. Uh, it's good to be back on Old Ute Radio, man. It's uh, It's been too long. It's been a difficult couple of months for me. <laughs> I bet, man. So what have you been doing? What have you been up to? What's going on? Well, I've been uh, living in New York City, as you know, doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, just hitting up the worst, most awful comedy rooms in the city, working my way through the ranks. And uh, actually, I was home like, uh, I don't know, what was it, a month ago to do some shows at Trolley Square? Yeah. And I thought I wasn't going to come home for a while, but I got accepted into the uh, Ventura Comedy Festival. Really? That I'm doing, yeah, yeah, next week. And uh, I couldn't afford to put deposit down on a new apartment and do it, so I had to come back home for like three weeks, uh, get some work in, make some money, and then go do the festival. And Mr. Keith Stubbs, owner of Wise Guys, was nice enough to give me a few shows this weekend at West Valley. Wow. So, wow, this is almost a charity event then. Oh, it totally is. Absolutely. (laughs) Wow, so, yeah. so what, are, what are the dates? What's going on? What's the prices? Let's see. I'm doing two shows on Friday, 7.30 and 9.30. Tickets are at 12 bucks, and I think there's coupons available on the website. Yeah. And then I was going to do two shows Saturday, but we decided to cut it to one because, again, as you know, the BYU-Utah game on Saturday. Yeah, so wait, what time is the Saturday show then? Is it before the game? 7.30. Oh, 7.30. Okay. Yeah, that, so, that's probably a good move. Honestly, it is, man. It would be better for the audience and, and better for me if there was one show that was full than two shows that were 80% empty. Yeah. You know? So, I'm glad to do that. I mean, a couple of years ago, they had... Do you know Dove David on? Yeah, I know Dove. I, I actually went to that show. I, I Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he did it on the day of the BYU-Utah game. It was yeah. like 12 people a show. I and, you know, that club that. holds, like, 300. Yeah, it's a huge – it was a huge club. There was no one sitting in the front row. I remember that. I felt so bad for him. It's brutal, man. Even even 50 people in West Valley is pretty rough. 
Because yeah. as you know, you get 50 people in the trolley room, and that looks like a pretty decent crowd, but 50 people in the West Valley room, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, that, that West Valley room's huge. Yeah, it's a huge, huge club, but when it does get full, it's about the funnest place to perform comedy in the world. So, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah, for it. What's the difference, because you've performed in both, right? Uh-huh. So, kind of like, what are the differences, like, you've noticed as a performer? Um, West Valley, the crowds are always a little bit harder. They're more working class sort of audiences, uh, blue-collar types, guys who work at Kennecott, things like that. Uh, I find blue humor goes over a little bit better in West Valley, whereas kind of more brainy, sort of thoughtful stuff goes over a little bit better in Trolley. Trolley, you have uh, the University of Utah, younger, more progressive kind of crowd. So, you know, they're not very far apart, but the audiences are very different. Yeah, I've noticed that. Yeah. So this is my first time actually headlining in West Valley. So we'll see how it goes. I actually really dig Trolley a lot. Yeah. A lot of comics say it's their least favorite around town, but I like it. I like the intimacy of the room. Yeah, it's a uh, much smaller stage. I like the stage. look of it, you know, the wood and everything like that. Yeah. But uh, West Valley is cool, too, because the audiences are stupid. Well, you're not – I wouldn't say you're not really an animated comic, so I don't think you really need, like, a huge stage in order to get your performance, right? Like – no, I'm, I'm really not. I don't have a high energy level. I don't do a lot of act out stuff. Um, it's mostly just joke based, straightforward kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm not very dang cookie. No. Uh, not that I have anything against that style or anything like that. Yeah. That's but, just not you. No, it's really not. Yeah. But uh, then again, I, I think I've had the best sets I've ever had in the West Valley Club. Hmm, interesting. Because, well, those, those crowds are just nuts, dude. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, I saw Mike Epps there. I saw Marcus right. there, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a different flavor, for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you've seen that room when it's hot. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I love that, that club, too. It's, just, it's a good location. It's right off the freeway. You can get off, get on. It's nice. Like, it's not a hassle. There's always a good amount of parking. Yeah. They just remodeled it, too. It looks amazing. Oh, did they? I have to go check that out. Man, I, yeah. wish I, I really wish I could go to your show. Like, working weekends sucks, man. I haven't been able to see comedy in quite a while. Like, I know, and I know what a comedy freak you are. Yeah, I am. I'm a huge, huge comedy nerd. When I, was the last time you even saw one of my shows, man? It was, uh, like, my very first headline show. Yeah, yeah, the the one right, I think, yeah, you're... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Gee, that makes me wish you could come again too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> why? So I could see the same jokes. <laughs> I know you, you could see the same jokes, and I've been really tricky. I switched up the order. Oh, nice, nice. I switched up the order of the same jokes. So, so I wait, hope, your punchlines yeah, come before your setups? Is that what you're saying? No, I put my closer <laughs> in the middle. That way, I can end my show really weak. Oh, nice. That's nice. what I like to do. I'm trying to turn comedy on its head and revolutionize the whole thing by starting out weak and having a really strong middle <laughs> and then ending it really weak. Just just a downer. Just end on a downer. Just make us just, all depressed. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, right. Imagine, I imagine you just go into like some really sad story and then just leave and <laughs> not even have a punchline. <laughs> yeah, I, I go into uh, – I tell them about the guy up the street that got leukemia. Nice. <laughs> You know, and uh, how he doesn't, his insurance isn't covering it, and he leaves behind a wife and three kids. <laughs> and I don't ask for donations or anything. There's no point to this story. 
There's nothing to it. It's just kind of this sad, miserable thing. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. And then instead of, instead of having merchandise after the show and uh, handing out cards, I just have a black and white picture of the dead guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I give to everybody walking out. Yeah. They're, on, they're on the back, all of their kids' names, and the, the colleges they were going to go to, but now they won't be able to. The story continues. <laughs> right. Oh. And, then my, and then at the bottom is just my Twitter handle. <laughs> you just get blocked by hundreds of people. Right. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, man. Oh, Andy. Yeah. I yeah. think we're on to something, man. I like the sound of that. Yeah, man. It's guerrilla marketing at its finest, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, comedian Andy Gold spent 30 minutes reading obituaries out of the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it would be avant-garde. It would be something no one's ever seen before. Right. It would just be some Yoko Ono stuff. They, they wouldn't know what I was doing. I think I was an art. Just some tortured genius. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like all the hipsters would think you're amazing. And like, <laughs> oh, oh, I know. They oh, have man. murals of my face, Che Guevara style paintings. <laughs> <laughs> che Guevara style. That's hilarious. So, like, what um, what have you like? What a, what what a what have you kind of learned being out in New York and then coming back to Utah? Like, how is how is that transition? Like, how's it feel? Well, don't you know, I'm actually having a blast in New York. It's so exciting. But the uh, fact is, uh, it doesn't matter what you've done in Utah. Mm-hmm. When you go to New York or L.A., those guys who have had, you know, Comedy Central half hours, and they move to New York, and they say, okay, get in, you know, get in the line behind this guy that started two days ago. Yeah. You know, which... I mean, it's kind of good news because one of my concerns was I went out to New York too early. Mm-hmm. But really, even if I stuck around and got some uh, really significant credits here in Utah, it wouldn't have mattered all that much. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I learned how to play in front of different audiences, uh, learned what jokes kind of play in the big city, uh, how to, you know, be sort of more sensible to uh, progressive kind of tastes. Yeah. Which I thought I had a pretty good handle on, but you uh, you have to be really clever uh, in that sort of market if you're going to do anything that even resembles anything that might sound misogynistic. If you're going to do anything that touches on race or anything like that, it has to be done very carefully, you know. Because they're there. Uh, so it makes you a more thoughtful comic. It really does. Have um have you branched out and done more crowd work? Because I hear they do a lot of crowd work in New York. Uh, yeah, I actually have done a lot more riffing and things like that. Uh, it helps you embellish a joke. It puts on a better show for the audience, I think. You've been to shows with some of the best riffers. You know what a good yeah. time that is. It's amazing, yeah. And uh, it also helps me, man, because it doesn't seem like work so much. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, the thing about riffing, though, and doing crowd work is you can't force it. Yeah. You just have to let it come to you. And if something that comes up, you do it. I'm still not the best at it, but it's something I've explored a lot more in my act, and I'm doing a lot, a lot more of. That's for sure. How how many sets a night are you doing? I usually do probably ten sets a week. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, and you know, usually they're brutal, man. Usually it's things like in front of seven or eight other comics, five <laughs> of whom are just on their phones. Ugh. 
Yeah, I mean, so it's tough, soul-crushing stuff. But occasionally you get a good one and you get on a real show in front of a real audience and, you know. That's that's awesome, Andy. So um, where can we find you on Twitter? At Andy A. Gold. And what about Facebook? Uh, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but my name's Andy Gold. Yeah, look for that. Look for Andy Gold. Look, go to Johnny McKeon's page and we're mutual friends. Yeah, that works. You just you just liked my status about Zach Morris. Thanks, dude. Yeah, well, it's a, it was actually it made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, it said Zach Morris should call out Miley Cyrus for stealing his haircut. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, can you tell us about these shows one more time? Yeah, dude. Um, two shows Friday, seven thirty and nine thirty. One is guys West Valley City. One show Saturday night, seven thirty. One is guys West Valley City. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for calling hey, in, man. Dude, thanks for having me on and helping me uh, pump the shows, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, I love talking to you, man. Anytime, man. Call in my, anytime you want. My pleasure, Johnny. Take care, man. All right, man. Later. Later. Bye. So, yeah, that was Andy Gold, you guys. You should definitely check him out. He is incredibly funny. Uh, he, <laughs> He's one of my favorite people in the world. Honestly, he really is. And he's, he's you know, he's a good guy. Sasha, what did you think of that interview? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I'm, I hate our phone system. Like yeah. I wish I could say hello to the man. I mean, he's a ginger. I'm a ginger. I got a mighty beard. He's a African mother of two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> African-American mother of two. I really want to go see him. What yeah. days is he playing again? Saturday and Friday, 730, 930. Sa- Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Such a busy week. So he's going to be straight yeah. up competing against Comedy yeah. Carnival. Yeah, it's a great week for comedy, you guys. You should definitely check it out. Um, when we come back from the break, we're going to have an interview with a, uh, with uh, Matt Knudsen. He was uh, recently on Conan, and he's headlining a show tonight at the Comedy Carnival. So w- what's his Twitter page, Matt uh, Knudsen? It's at Matt Knudsen. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm going to play from the Enco, and you're going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and welcome back to Old Ute Radio. I'm John McKeon. With me in studio is Mr. Sasha Bloom. Hello. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKeon. That's M-C-K-E-O-N. You can follow Sasha at Mr. Underscore Bloom. Sasha, are you, how many followers you got now? you beaten me yet? No, I've gone stagnant all week, and I'm very sad. You work twice as hard to get followers than I do. <laughs> I actually kind of gave up this week. I just had a, I had a, as you've noticed, I've had a big screw it moment. Yeah. A case of the efforts, I guess, yeah. is what you'd say. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Twitter's been a direct result of that. I had someone unfollow me because they say that I retweet too much. So I. What does that mean, retweet too much? I don't know. I guess I'm not cool enough to come up with my own. But I figure if you're retweeting Nelson Mandela like every other day, what's wrong with that? Yeah, not a thing. So to get back at this guy, he's a football player at the U, I just started retweeting him incessantly. Nice. (laughs) And then I erased them all. Nice. (laughs) So he's just looking for the retweets (laughs) that aren't there. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. Uh, speaking of awesome, uh, so last night at the Comedy Carnival, I was able to get a, uh, a, pr- a decent interview with this Matt Knudsen guy. He was on Conan. He's headlining tonight at the 10 p.m. show at the Comedy Carnival. I sincerely suggest you guys come out, check it out, support local comedy. You know, like there's a lot of cool comedy events going on right now, and you guys are missing out. Just go. It's awesome. Trust me. Yeah, bring I mean, a lady. I mean, the shows might be sold out, actually. I have to double check because it was packed yesterday. 
So, but if you can make it down, I'm sure they'll accommodate you somehow. Yeah, most men aren't funny, and women like humor. Mm -hmm. So, for all of you that are in fledgling relationships or trying to impress a woman, bring her to a comedy show, let her laugh, and then you can take all the credit for the man's humor. You're the first person I've ever heard say that women are funnier than men. I've always thought. I don't think the execution's yeah. always perfect, but women really appreciate good humor. I mean, they always yeah. say that's the number one characteristic that they want from a man is humor. They're the best at Twitter. I know that. Women are the funniest oh, on Twitter. They're good typers, yeah. sir. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to play this interview, you guys. So uh, sit back, enjoy it. It's, uh, it's a good one. You want to give me a name, please? Uh, my name, please, is Matt Knutson. Matt Knutson. Uh, yes. What's your Twitter handle? It's actually at Matt Knutson. M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N. Knutson is spelled just like it sounds. Yeah. 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 Actually, the, the K and the N are together, so nobody ever, it's just uh, Knutson. But, uh, you know, and I don't get it. The K and the N. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you from? Uh, I actually moved here uh, to Utah this afternoon. Really? Uh, yes, I, I'm just uh, I'm a part of the, the scene now. I'm going to have to move away in two days, but it's a very short tenure here. <laughs> uh, but for the time being, I'm actually living in a, in a hotel. Really? But uh, I fled Los Angeles, um, and I moved here. I'm probably going to be moving back to L.A. in a couple of days. You miss it already? <laughs> no. <laughs> I like Los Angeles. I have to admit, I think it would be a lot easier to get around the city if like a million people gave up on their dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in LA and it's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. You've spent enough there. time there to yeah. call it LA. Yeah. That's very LA of you. Oh, Not yeah. a moment to spare. <laughs> in Los no. Angeles, no, no, no. We got to call it. We yeah, well, I'm originally from Sacramento. Ah, well, Sacktown. So. Yeah. You a big yeah. Kings fan? No, not no, at all. Come on, man. Not Vlade at Divac? all. No, yeah, I, I, hit, I almost hit Vladi Divog with a door at basketball camp. Almost, but he still flopped, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Eastern European basketball in your face. Oh, boy. So, uh, if you listen to this, Vladi, face, right? So, yes. um, how long have you been doing comedy, man? Uh, I've been doing stand-up comedy for 12 years. Wow. Yeah, I got started in 2001. I remember the first show I ever did, uh, I was like kind of the opening, opening, opening act for Tenacious D. Really? They performed at this comedy benefit. It was the 24-hour performance marathon. It was at this uh, theater in Hollywood, the Theater of Note. And uh, they, they came on, they were like the headliners. But since uh, they needed people to perform for 24 straight hours, they weren't discerning with really? any of the acts that they booked. So I think I like went between a guy who like played Stairway to Heaven on his electric guitar and some guy who like, we all went out to the parking lot while he swallowed fire. What? So it was, I mean, variety, I think is a pretty safe word to use when you're talking about that show. But that was um, 2001. Wow. Yeah, but it's been great. I mean, if I didn't do stand-up, I'm not quite sure what else I would be into because you get to travel, you get to kind of hang out, mm -hmm. you get to be the jackass that you normally are, and I don't know. So you work the road a lot? I work the road a lot. Mostly I kind of stay in Los Angeles. If I'm ever out, I'm doing a festival or something like mm -hmm. that. Like I just was in uh, Denver doing the High Plains Comedy Festival. Oh, wow. I'm here uh, doing, do the people know that you're doing the... Uh, yeah, for the Salt Lake Salt Comic Lake Carnival. Carnival. Yeah. So um, I was in Bridgetown in Portland uh, earlier this year. So it's fun. 
Yeah, Montreal, doing spots up there. But it's great. I'm also very hyperly aware when I'm involved in something that only exists because I do comedy, like this instant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a microphone, you have headset. We just met moments ago. Yeah. And here we are. We're already buddies and yeah. we're sharing a connection. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love comedy. I love the, the scene here, you know? Like, it's great. That's one of the reasons why I do this, you know? Because mm -hmm. the solid comedy scenes been an incredibly nurturing amazing place and you do stand up too yeah, yeah. great yeah you guys can't see this but we shook hands yeah uh, i don't know if you heard that the the solid hand slapping on the mic it was nice but it uh it yeah. registered yeah, it was kind of like carl weathers and arnold and predator when it's they, like, true <laughs> that was the exact analogy that yeah. i was going to portray of yeah. course in this scenario i'm carl weathers yeah so <laughs> i'll be arnold i'm sure. fine with that <laughs> i have a love child <laughs> so Crazy. do you have any advice for you know comics just starting or getting into it or what just have you get up, just get up as much as you can and be nice to everybody yeah yeah not because of what they can do for you just because it's it's good energy to put out yeah yeah just i mean it sounds so cliche but the golden rule is so super duper true you know and you see people be like snippy and like weird or shady to each other and it's like eh, how are you funny enough to be a terrible person i don't <laughs> think that equation exists at all yeah. because if someone's like really bad and People can't wait to see that person fail. Yeah. You know, but when somebody like is a solid guy, I mean, like my friend Taylor Williamson, he's the on the like the final six now of America's Got Talent. Really? Yeah. He's not. He like he's the only comedian that's ever made it this far in the show, and so you see, he's so cool that people are like. Taylor, Taylor, and just the whole community is, you know, they're they're putting him on their shoulders, and they're they're tweeting him up, they're facebooking, they're, it's going all over the place. And if he was coming up and was like a terrible person, there's no way that would happen. Yeah, because he's a great comic too. But the fact that he's great and a great person, it's a winning combination. That's good to know. And um, if you. Uh, here's something funny, write it down. Mm -hmm. Or if you think, I mean, I'd say half the things that I ever like kind of like developed or something was because I was standing around with buddies shooting the breeze and then like you're all, ha, ha, sharing a laugh and then you can just like jot it down and try it on stage and have, I guess, like the next level of confidence in it. Like, I don't need to wonder how this is going to go. It already went good with like five of my friends. Yeah. So you can actually kind of flush it out a little bit because you got a real laugh from funny people. Nice. So I don't know, just write it down and don't be afraid to fail. Can you people tell me a little bit of, about like your writing process? Can you describe it? I know it's hard. Yeah. No, I, you know what? I have, for the most part, like journal stuff. I like, I'll like, I used to like scrap papers. I would like look at like receipts and, or the <laughs> napkins and stuff like that. And then I would transfer the, those notes into like the notebook. And then as I was go through it, uh, if I could find something that was related, because I was talking about like hangers and now here's shoes and oh, th those things both go in a closet. And then you like kind of all compartmentalize them into that stuff. I don't really write stuff down traditionally as much as I used to because I have a iPhone. Mm -hmm. So I have like the notes function on the iPhone. But I would always like uh, 
in I, all my jackets, I just have pens. I buy like a dozen yeah. box of pens and make sure every jacket I had had a pen in it. I would always like kind of like secretly like if a comic ever asked me to borrow a pen, it's like, you don't have a pen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, just, a writer without oh, a pen. <laughs> I mean, the most important instrument in your craft yeah. besides, I guess, a microphone. Yeah. You don't have a pen. So, uh, and here you go. Johnny's reaching for a pen. Yeah. Yeah. It's in my, ah, oh, here it is. I got my boom, notepad. Boom, you got your notepad. And you my pen. pen. Yeah. And it's right there. Yeah, um, I write more stuff on the uh, the notes on my phone now. And Twitter. Mm -hmm. You know, if uh, if I have a thought that, you know, makes that makes me laugh and you're able to, like, 150 shrink, characters. Yeah, shrink yeah. wrap it in there. You just kind of put it out there. And it's almost like a running list of your jokes. I mean, I did a, a joke on, on Conan last year that... I put on Twitter and it was just kind of almost not an afterthought you know you don't want to like throw up every terrible idea that you think of but I didn't realize how valid the idea was until like it got like a bunch of retweets and favorites and there's a um, there's a website called uh, Witstream and they kind yeah. of uh, yeah I'm on, I'm on Witstream they accumulate uh, comedians and stuff and like they have in-store advertising in 7-Eleven wow. like if you're like waiting in line or something it says like Slurpees $8.99 or you know what they're, they're giving the prices but then they'll occasionally throw up a joke from a, an aristocrat I think yeah. that's what they call it or something with stream and the joke like got so much that it like was in 7-Eleven and wow. I was like well I gotta I gotta do that now. I mean, yeah. how can I? Yeah, the people have spoken, yeah, sort of, yeah so to speak. So but. tell me a little bit about Conan, because we've—I've interviewed a couple right. guys from Conan. I interviewed Dwayne Perkins. He was on Conan. Oh, Dwayne Perkins. He's amazing, Love isn't he? Love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Conan's like my comedy hero, and yeah. um, it was the whole experience was everything I was hoping that it would be. And it like just like the set went good, but then afterwards you're. Um, you, get, you go over and like talk to him on the couch a little bit and I know we have a few people in common because I also like do improv and I kind of came up through the improv community mm -hmm. so that's how he came up too so we had a, a similar you know I guess social structure yeah. so I could come at him with come at him what am I saying yeah. <laughs> but I just like talk as like you can hang oh, with him I, yeah my yeah. our friend uh, John Stark he's a writer and he oh yeah and it's funny because I went and saw Conan uh, at the Universal Amphitheater I went to his show uh, Conan O'Brien legally can't, prohibited from being on television oh, tour oh the Can't Stop Won't Stop documentary that tour is that what that was yeah, yeah. where there was that moment where off like post tonight show yes, he yes. could not be on yeah. you know so I went and saw him do that show and it was thousands of people and then I went and saw him um, he used to perform with this group called the Transformers who are like it's a Los Angeles institution that's like John Stark Harry Hannigan uh, Scott Wainey all these guys who are like TV writers and they've just been around forever one of their guys um, this guy Mike he was diagnosed with cancer and he was going to have to go through chemotherapy and he was going to have to retire from performing oh wow so um he, they did like a retirement show for Mike and Conan came out to it and and did a set. He did like an hour really? set with the Transformers. So within two weeks, I saw um, him do the show with like 4,000 people and 35 people. Wow. And so when I went and sat on the couch with him, I was like, 
uh, so blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I just told him basically this the story and he was it was another level of like Oh hey, yeah. hey you you know because I'm sure when you reach that tier, people just fan off on you all the time and all you know, the time you, you see that just like you're so great yeah, uh, yeah you know yeah. so I guess I got to feel slightly cooler. Got to but connect. I'm, I'm sure I fanned off too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, what what it was, was it like? Did you do a full set or? I um... uh, no, I did a five minute. Nice. Like yeah, a five minute uh, set. And if you want to go, it's on my website. It's mattknutson.com. There's like a tab it says like clips and video clips like that so um it was great it was actually i was gonna do it when he was on the tonight show uh, that's when uh, the the booker for conan is a gentleman named jp buck and i was he came out and saw me when he was booking for the tonight show and they he did a whole slate and then he only had the job for about eight months and then that went away you know and then he couldn't be on tv for a long time by the time he got his tbs show there was like a backlog so from the time the booker saw me to the time i did the set it was three years wow yeah it was three years so i went back and forth and also too you know you you tape and you send a set and you, you come back and get notes yeah i would say this to to you and any comedy person that's listening if you're getting notes from a booker or if you're getting some kind of correspondence it's it's all good it's yeah. all because they get hundreds and thousands of submissions if they're taking the time to be like hey you know and, and reach out and stay in touch that's that's very encouraging so if it's not like what do you mean you didn't book me right away it's just like be cool just be patient I mean I sent him the first time he saw me I had I did like maybe like 10 minutes and he liked about 90 seconds of it really? I think he liked like two jokes or three jokes and it's not like he, not, not like he didn't like the other stuff but he's just like I think this is a little better fit to you know to what you're doing but there was also a different level of confidence because uh, when he when we decided on the set he came out and saw me at the comedy store and this is after we had uh, you know put it all we kind of collaborated on it so we put it together and I went and I did it and he's like all right, and then I sent one more tape in that he could forward on to his uh, to his upper ups. But the Conan thing, uh, interestingly enough, he doesn't see any of the sets. Really, Conan doesn't read any of the transcripts. He doesn't see anyone's act. The first and only time he sees it is when he's at the desk and the show is taping in front of the audience so he gets to have that fresh experience for him so wow. the guy that books a show is actually more like a segment producer yeah. than like a booker who's like taking it up to us like what do you think guys he's like he has a job they trust him to do the job and he just he brings it in so but conan definitely is uh giving more opportunities than a lot of other late night shows he yeah. probably has guys on every couple weeks yeah. you know so um do you have management or representation? Or? I have a manager. Yeah, I have a manager. And uh, any advice really with an that? Um, Wait till you're ready. I've heard that a lot. Yeah, like, don't go out looking for one. I think that's good advice. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, do festivals and do you know? If you have a friend that has somebody, me ask how they got them or. Um, well, that's a good question. It's, people have such long memories, you know. If you, they they see that you go out and you do like poorly, and then they're like five years later oh yeah I remember that guy yeah, he's not, it's yeah. just like yeah that was buddy that was five years ago yeah. you know so um, I would definitely it's very easy to research who's who on IMDB you know if you have I think it's $99 for a year you can get an IMDB Pro mm -hmm. account yeah. sign up for that you can type in anyone's name and it'll 
list their agent, their manager. A lot of people have their own production company, so you can get their information, see all their credits. It's just a much more in-depth um, resource, you know, so you can you can find out, hey, who, who's repping uh, Bill Burr? And you can just see it. So, yeah. Wow. I think uh, the guy's taking the TV camera to the van because he's getting ready to tape my set. That's yeah. usually how they do it, right? <laughs> when they pack up the gear and start to leave, that's where yeah. they're ready to... Uh, uh, hilarious. So where where can we find you like on the web on Facebook? Uh, uh, I'm at it's mattknutson.com m a t t k n u d s e n and if you go on I have um, a friend of mine Adam Hammer great guy great, oh, great. you yeah. know Adam Hammer I've heard of I've heard of him on podcasts Adam Hammer's great yeah he he's very of, funny he kind of put my. Uh, my website together. Really? Did I, I do all the updates and stuff myself, but he did it on WordPress and he activated all these buttons. So if you go on mapknutson.com on the on the homepage and it's like a Tumblr thing, so like the right side stays yeah. the same, but the pages change. Oh, cool. um, it has like a Facebook fan page link, Twitter, uh, YouTube, uh, stumble upon so you just click and it'll it'll hyperlink you to all that stuff and it's a lot easier that was my one thing when I wanted because I would I had a card with like like five things <laughs> yeah. it's just like people are gonna go to one thing actually I take that back people are not gonna go to anything at all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just bought my domain name so yeah. this is good what's your last know. name uh, McKeon M-C-K-E-O-N Johnny yeah. McKeon yeah, yeah. so uh, I, I guess I would recommend that keep it all all concise and, and kind of up to date and make it easy because you also if you think about like your surfing habits it's just like are you going to like check out one guy on five different spots or it's more than likely you'll see one thing and then just have it have it go from there so I mean have, and have a good time yeah. yeah if you're doing comedy enjoy yourself Awesome. Uh, so what days are you performing here? Uh, I'm doing a show tomorrow night. Uh, I'm headlining the 10 p.m. show. And that's on Wednesday. Here, Wednesday, September 18th. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the the 10 o'clock show, and I think I'm, they have me slated to do an hour. So I'm really awesome. looking forward to it and seeing, uh, seeing the scene. I've had, a, I've had a great time so far. So Yeah, it was great meeting you. Great meeting yeah. you. Boom. There's the Carl Weathers, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> so long. <laughs> And that was Matt Knutson. He's going to be on tonight at the Comedy Carnival. He's part of the 10 p.m. lineup. That lineup also has Jay Whitaker and others as well. It's going to be great. Like, their Comedy Carnival is doing a, 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 a lineup at 6 p.m., at 8 p.m., and at 10 p.m. Uh, the 6 p.m. has Steve McNally, a very, very funny guy. Uh, you guys, you should definitely check it out. Uh, it's at the Complex right next to the Gateway Mall. We're going to have shows all night and all the way through the weekend. It's a good time. If you want more information, go to Salt Lake Comedy Carnival on Facebook or .com. I'll be there on Friday with my fro and beard and two beers in each hand. So <laughs> nice. come say hello if you see me there, and uh, we'll get you on mic or do whatever. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. And, uh, uh, I am Salt Lake Podcast. Tune in to them. Listen to episode 101 with them. They give us a fat plug yeah yeah thanks chris man yeah. i really appreciate yeah, it appreciate you man yeah yeah it was good seeing you last night and i hope to see you tonight people come out really it's it's great yeah, you're missing out you can bring your grand theft auto and plug into a machine there just 
show up. N- not all statements are guaranteed. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they should be. <laughs> <laughs> not all statements by Sasha are guaranteed. <laughs> course they are so yeah we're gonna wrap it up tonight like i gotta run you know get ready for this festival like come out i'll be there all night you guys can come say hi to me take some photos i'll sign some autographs <laughs> you know i'll uh, i'll give you life <laughs> advice i will pay you to get an autograph from johnny if you f- take a picture of it uh, that would tickle me i could play beat you guys in some rock paper scissors i'm pretty wicked at it not gonna lie almost went pro but i got injured um so you guys definitely come out it's gonna be a great time i cannot stress it enough Seriously, Matt Knutson, he's going to be headlining the 10 p.m. show. He's got a full hour. That was a 17-minute interview. You could hear that guy for a full hour. It's awesome. Please come out. And you don't have to hear Johnny. Yeah, exactly. I won't have to talk. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Uh, So, like always, you can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKeon, M-C-K-E-O-N. Mr. Underscore Bloom. Yep. I would appreciate it. Yep. Got a new follower today on the show. Ooh, congrats. La-de-da. Facebook's (laughs) been blowing up a little bit, so that's cool, too. Um, The next show coming up, uh, crap, what's it called here? What is it? Fusion Radio. Fusion Radio is on next, you guys. It's a cool program. You should listen. (laughs) And you can go to KU.org if you're interested in being a DJ or if you have a band. Apparently, we're getting something together called Battle of the Bands at KU Radio. Whoop-de-whoop. So if that's something you guys want to plug also, we're going to try to get some bands out here and compete with New School. They're the number one team. We haven't even asked their permission yet, but I assume Zach will do it. So. Yeah. Sweet. Thank All right. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you.